Hello and welcome back to the NNMK podcast. I am Matt and today I'm here with Nate. Hey everybody. And this is our third episode of the time. And we're going to just be discussing um, uh, World War II and Pearl Harbor because today, December 7th, 2020 is Pearl Harbor Day. I think it's like 74 years ago. Or maybe it's just 70 on the dot because it was 1940, wasn't it? Uh, this is the un- yeah. unfact-checked uh, pop- podcast. <laughs> yeah, my, my laptop yeah. is currently out of service, so we can't. So Matt has to be the fact checker today. But uh, Pearl Harbor yeah. attack date. Let's see it. Uh, 1941, December 7, 1941. So that was doing the that math. Close. I can't do math. What is that? So that would be to 2000. That would be 59, and then so it'd be like 79 years ago. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Seventy-nine years ago 79 today, years. Pearl Harbor was attacked <clears throat> on a Sunday morning, around eight o'clock. Um, Japanese fighter jets came in on the island of it was one of the Hawaiian islands, but it was a Navy ship base on the on the Bay of Hawaii um, called Pearl Harbor, and they blew up a lot of the ships. I know there's, like, a lot of people that weren't found. Um, I don't know exactly how many casualties there were. Um, It was um, uh, 2,400 casualties and around 1,800 injuries. Yeah, you, like, gotta think. It's kind of crazy because it's, like, it was just, like, a Sunday. So people were just, like, strolling outside doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were, uh, were, like, just waking up and stuff because they, uh, they were up late on Saturday, um, and then they wake up to just, like, bombs being dropped and stuff on Pearl yeah. Harbor. Yeah, it's just crazy. And there's, like, people living there, too. Like, it was totally unexpected. And that mm-hmm. pretty much um, led the U.S. to declare war on Japan. And then Germany and Italy declared war on the U.S., pretty much getting the U.S. involvement into World War II, and FDR famously said that this day will go down in infamy, which pretty much means it's just a day of remembrance. Everybody's going to remember it. Um, mm-hmm. But we kind of wanted to discuss kind of the uh, just World War II, Western Front in general, and then get into some of the hypotheticals of the war. Um, but yeah, if you want to like start off, do like a quick like five-minute like, well, probably not even five minutes, just, like, a little um, background into World War I could actually do that as well. If I could probably chip in. Just a little background to World War Two. Yeah, you're the Hearts of Iron 4 player, so, yeah, yeah. you'd probably be good at that. <laughs> so, um, pretty much what happened was, after World War One, um, Germany is a big player in this. So Germany got a lot lost in World War One. They got a lot of land taken away from them, um, including land from the Treaty of Versailles. So Versailles pretty much said, the Treaty of Versailles said that they had to reduce their air, like their, um, their air force, their army. They took away land from them. 
um, and they couldn't put troops um, in certain places. I wouldn't get into specifics, but they pretty much couldn't move troops around in certain places. And they had to pay a huge amount of war reparations that they did not have. So Germany wasn't too fond about this, or at least the German people weren't too fond about this. So um, Adolf Hitler comes around, and he pretty much, pretty much says that he could fix everything. And he becomes, I think, the prime minister of Germany, or he becomes, like, behind the prime minister of Germany. And then yeah, he pretty just... much gets put up to the prime minister of Germany. Yeah, he basically just sort of slowly worked his way up the ranks over the years, just getting more and more powerful in Germany. Yeah, and he he was huge. He was like huge nationalist, so he loved everything um, that had to do with Germany. So when he saw that the country was in need, he felt that he had to step in himself and do something about this. So then, um, the same thing kind of happened in Italy, but. Italy was actually on the winning side of World War One, but they got cheaped out of a lot of land um, that they thought they were going to get, that they didn't get. So they were kind of mad too, and they were in a severe amount of debt as well from the war, and they had a very unstable government. So Mussolini, Benito Mussolini, the um, dictator of Italy, um, became prime minister and then pretty much instilled itself as a dictator and these two fascist governments kind of saw well it, germany kind of at the beginning was doing everything themselves but towards like when germany when world war Two started to kick off italy started to like like germany a lot more yeah so germany pretty much gets starts like getting rid of all this Versailles, Treaty of Versailles stuff, they're like, okay, let's get done with this. So they start expanding their army, they start expanding their air force, they start um, moving troops into territories that they weren't supposed to, um, they start stop paying, or they stop, they start stop paying the war reparations that they're supposed to, and the Allies pretty much did nothing about this. So the Allies at the time were France, Britain, and that's pretty much it. Um, France and Britain were just pretty good allies, um, and they were the allies group, and a lot of Britain's um, dominions at the time, so their territories like a lot of Africa, uh, Canada, Australia, other I other... believe India too. Yep, yep, India at the time wasn't part of, it was pretty much the allies, um, and so they did like nothing about this, they were like, okay, whatever, but um, at the time, the uh, the um, the leader of Britain, I can't remember his name. I never Churchill. I never get, no, it wasn't Churchill. No. It was one. No, no. Neville Neville Chamberlain. Yes, yeah, um, Neville Chamberlain. Pretty much didn't want to get back to World War One, so he didn't want to get into any conflict, any wars. So he thought that Germany could get back all the stuff that they wanted, and um. He used a little thing called appeasement, which um, basically summed up is Germany would say, like, I want that thing. And then Neville Chamberlain will say, well, you can't have that thing. And then Germany would do it. And he would say, oh, but you can't have that thing. And then Germany said, I want that thing and repeat. So he pretty much did that with a lot of the countries. And Neville Chamberlain didn't do anything about it. Neither did the prime minister of France. So what happened was, I don't remember the specific date, I wish you could fact check me on this, but 
I don't remember the specific date, but um, around 1938, um, uh, Adolf Hitler marched his troops into Austria and annexed it in like uh, a week or something like that. So he just marched in, and the Allies did nothing about it. So he just got Austria in like a snap of a finger. And then <clears throat> he went after the Sudetenland. I'm going to take a little drink here. Which was doing a, a... You're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was a part of, like, um, Czechoslovakia that was owned, had a lot of ethnic Germans in it. So he wanted it, he got it, and then he threatened pretty much Neville Chamberlain, the Prime Minister of France, and him signed an agreement that said, you can get the Sudetenland, but you can't invade the rest of Czechoslovakia. And he got the Sudetenland, they signed the agreement, and um, Hitler still took the rest of Czechoslovakia. So this is when the Allies started to be like, okay, we're going to put the foot down. And as a lot of people know, um, Adolf Hitler didn't really like Jews. So the next place that he wanted to go after was Poland. But Hitler kind of knew that um, Poland was going to be hard to take on on both sides. So on the eastern and the western front. So if he was going to invade Poland, he didn't want to be fighting a two-front battle. So he pretty much went, uh, met up with Adolf Hitler. Or Adolf... Why did I say Adolf Hitler? Um... Uh, <laughs> Stalin of the USSR or Russia and um, he met up with him and said uh, you invade Poland together and you get um, eastern Poland I had to do like my northeast yeah, never eat shredded wheat kind of thing um, but he said you get eastern Poland and I get western Poland and Stalin agreed they did it and that's when World War II officially kicked off, and the Allies declared war on Germany. And I think around this time, Italy started to also get um, in uh, the same faction as uh, Germany, which created the Axis faction. I'm not going to really go into Japan, because I kind of want to stick to the grand scheme of things of World War II. But pretty much Japan had the same ideals. They've been invading China for the last 50 years or whatever, the last hundreds of years. And they're doing it again. <clears throat> Japan, I think they took China. Yeah, they, yeah. Japan had been, uh, they'd been expanding in China since like 1937. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they've been taking China for a lot of time. And so... They finally took it over, and they had also a fascist dictator, Hirohito, who was in um, that country. And he, he was, yeah, so they became allies. And so pretty much what happens is the all-out war. Um, after Poland, pretty much Hitler starts fighting. He takes over France in like a month, takes over Denmark in seven, seven days. So he's gotten almost this whole scre screen of, like, uh, Europe. He made a lot of people in, like, Easter, southeastern Europe um, get onto his side. And then he declares war on Russia. Um, he almost was able to annex Russia, but then Russia joins the Allies. They get kicked back. He gets kicked back a lot. Um, 
and then Pearl Harbor happens, where Japan wanted to get a surprise attack on America, and it didn't go out too well for them. Um, uh, America declares war, and then American troops starts funneling into Europe, and then that's when pretty much all of the Axis powers start to decline, and um, Germany, Italy, and Japan ultimately lose in 1945. I think the peace treaty was signed between Japan. I think 1945 is when both the tr peace treaties were um, were signed between America, mm -hmm. Japan, and the Allies, and then um, Germany, Italy, and the Allies. <clears throat> so I actually lied about the faction part. Japan and uh, Germany and Italy weren't actually in a faction, um, but they were like very close allies. But yeah, so that's just a brief history of World War II. I could get so nice much job. deeper into it, but that would probably take like an hour. So I mean, but yeah. um, you did a good job. But so, yeah, yeah, so if we want to talk about the fronts now, I guess if you want to go into it a little bit more. Uh, okay. Like. Or if you want to go into the hypotheticals, either or. Okay. Well. I'll do that because I, I have like I have, I have my stuff pulled up on that already. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, uh, on uh, on the Western Front, um, over the Pacific, uh, the the U.S. obviously they were planning um, the Manhattan Project. They were making the bombs and all that stuff, and um, they at the same time they also had this uh, this thing called Operation Downfall. And uh, what Operation Downfall was, was it was a proposed um, plan to invade the Japanese mainland by the uh, um, by the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, this never actually played out. But um, people estimate that if it would have actually happened, if the U.S. would have actually like gone and done a full-out um, land invasion of Japan, there could have been like upwards of like five million. American casualties versus like I think it was like six hundred thousand or something like that um, at the end of the war total, and yeah. that's just for the invasion. Yeah, I know. Like, um, like the most brutal part of World War II was the island hopping campaign um, by America, mm -hmm. and that was pretty much taking the very small islands in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm Stuff like Iwo Jima and. Yeah, all, that. Um, all the small islands close to Japan, near mainland Japan, and those are like the bloodiest and brutal, like the most brutal battles. And so the thing about the Japanese were, was that they thought that dying in battle was the most honorable thing you could do for your country, and that fleeing from battle or like retreating was the most dishonorable thing. So they would fight until the very end. And Yeah. It was scary between that campaign. It was, it was so during uh like Okinawa, I think uh, like darn it <laughs> during during Okinawa, uh, I believe it was many uh Japanese soldiers they they would just jump off the cliffs to their deaths because, like you said, it was considered um like the biggest disgrace to be captured by the enemy during yeah. war, which it's it's really like pretty disturbing on both sides like if you're uh, an American you just see people jumping off close to their deaths when you try to go there not even putting up a fight 
Yeah. And, like, obviously, if you're a Japanese soldier, you just have, like, your comrades jumping off cliffs, and you're just doomed, basically. Yeah. Um, I know another kind of theory that happened. Well, this was, like, kind of, like, big hypothetical. Was like, if Germany actually did win the war, um, and, like, they were able to invade mainland Russia, and they were they were able to land if they were able to land onto um Great Britain as well um and if they somehow were able to invade America and annex it as well i feel like mm-hmm. like today it would be crazy because like i feel like you know how like um with a lot of the allies they like um like most of the governments i guess you could say most of the governments today are democracies i think you could agree with me on that um yep. and if if we had, like germany had that much sphere of influence on the rest of the world like the allies did i feel like a lot of the countries would be like fascist today yeah well one thing that i'd like to to ask you about this is um how how long do you think that that would actually last because obviously like let's say that hitler takes moscow invades britain um somehow like invades the US and now he technically controls like the entire world basically mm-hmm. like so the whole world is under the fascist dictatorship of Hitler all uh all like Jews minorities slavs they all get uh get killed how how long do you think like realistically um that would last before there's either some kind of uprising or it just sort of crumbles apart i feel like um there wouldn't be a ton of support on like at least like America side or Britain side or any type of that but I feel like it would be like a lot of things that they didn't like Germany so like I know a lot of the kids in Germany were like very um patriotic kind of like what Hitler was and I feel mm. like it wouldn't be like, I feel like there would be a lot of people now, like, the generation that was in there, like, fighting for America and fighting for Britain and fighting for France and fighting for Russia. I feel like their generation would be, like, uprising against them. But then I feel like the generation after that would kind of, like, normal out, I guess you could say. Because I feel like they would just mm. get brainwashed. Because I feel like that's the exact same thing that Hitler did. Yeah, that's a good point. Because to a lot of, for a lot of, uh, German citizens during, uh, during like Hitler's rise to power and uh, him like taking over Europe and all that, they didn't see it as like they didn't see all the genocide and all that. Um, they they saw Hitler as like just making their lives better because the economy was better. Yeah, they were um like they were getting their needs answered and they were just living like normal lives. They didn't care about um about not about like Hitler's expansion and all that. They were just concerned more about just their personal lives. So I think that like yeah, like you said, a lot of uh younger generations um who were born into it, they wouldn't really be aware of uh like w- what happened before. They would just be complacent living their their lives as they are. Yeah, I totally agree because like I feel like um 
like the media, like in fascist di- dictatorships, like a ton of the media is controlled just by that one fascist dictator, or like the, like the circle that the fascist dictator has, like kind of like their, um, little posse, that helps yeah. them govern a little bit. But I feel like the media is just controlled by that. So like you'd see a ton of people just getting indoctrinated in this kind of fascist mindset. And like you said, they were just believing that their their needs are being set. And if no, like, nobody is talking about how Jews are getting gassed or anything like that, or how millions of people are being killed, like, I feel like people would just go on with their normal days. Like, I feel like everyone would just be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and I feel like, um they would actually also try to they, their governments would try to like block out the past so like instead of like teaching about like world war Two in school they might teach it like a, a way differently than um they would if there was like that or like like our government's now teaching it yeah. So they would just like block out a ton of history that happens to make it seem like their government was the greatest and that their government should win. Mm. But I mean, I don't want to. I feel like every single government does that, though. I feel like every single government, yeah. when they teach history, kind of is just like, yeah, our government's the greatest and we were the good guys. Mm. I was, I was gonna say, I don't want to sound like one of those, um, one of those Twitter shows, but like, um. That that's kind of what the U.S. is like yeah, um, when exactly. studying World War Two and stuff. They're yeah. just like, yeah, Japan was being these bad guys, and we swooped in and we bombed them and we saved the world. Yeah. Where, where in reality, a lot of the fighting was uh, was done by um, the majority of it actually was done by Russia and Britain and um, France and all those guys yeah, over I totally there. Agree. Yeah, and I feel like with any other schooling with the U.S. government, I mean, like. I probably didn't know that, like, um, Christopher Columbus, I probably, I think I didn't learn about what Christopher Columbus really did until, like, seventh grade, and even then, I didn't really care about it, but now I care a lot more deeply about it, because, like, he didn't actually discover America, and he just pretty much pillaged and killed and raped a lot of people. And he just stole from a bunch of people as well. So, I mean, he wasn't the great guy that America cuts him out to be. And the same exact thing with, like, any sort of U.S. history. Like, the thing in World War II is that, like, America uh, probably won't be taught this in class, but America um, caged a lot of people from Japanese descendants. Yeah, and yeah that's really And they put them true. into internment camps. And it was just because, like, the government was like, yeah, you you have a small bit of Japanese descendancy? Okay, you're getting into this camp. Because I feel yeah. like it was the same exact fear that, like, Hitler tried to instill. But you don't get taught that in class. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the U.S. didn't even care about the war until Pearl Harbor. Like, um, they knew. The U.S., like, was aware that Hitler was... Um, was committing genocide over in europe and all and all the the american population knew that as well and the majority of them vote like um a lot of news outlets took like popular polls asking questions like do you think that america should 
go to war against um, Germany. And the vast majority of them, knowing the genocide and the war that was going on, said no, because they wanted America to stay neutral. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. So, well, yeah. I feel like that's all the time we have today. Um, that was a pretty good good discussion, though. Um, we talked about a lot of different things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, you you are good at the you're good at the the outros. So take it away, Nate. Thank you, everybody, for listening to NNMK podcast episode three. As always, our Discord link will be down below in the description. You can join that to get um, announcements and also request songs. Talk about politics. Talk to us. Just uh, do anything relating to the podcast, really. Also, you can get this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Antenna Pod, Anchor, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, that seems like about it. Do you have anything else you want to add, Matt? Um, I kind of just want to add this at the end. Um, in our Discord server, uh, we had an announcement. Uh, a little bit of bad news. Um, we assume that Caleb and Nate are, or Caleb and Nick are not going to be coming back to the podcast. Rest in um, peace. As co-hosts, um, they might be coming back as guests. At the moment, Nick has stated that he doesn't want to be part of the podcast, at least as a co-host, and Caleb, we still do not know what is going on with him. Um, But we are looking for new guests to come onto the podcast, so if you do, or, or if you are interested in being a guest in our next podcast, please come onto the server and either put it in the general chat or shoot me and Nate a DM through Discord or Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So thank you thank for you listening. Guys for listening. Uh and bye. bye. Happy not happy not happy Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> happy Pearl Harbor Day.